She's been having pain in her wrist for six weeks, and that pain is gone now. She was prayed for, and uh, amen. Thank you, God. We know that uh, one of the interesting things about God, God and people is that he is able to meet like everyone's need. And he meets people where they are, and he satisfies the hungry heart. What a huge, huge thing it is that a heart that's hungry, he can satisfy. If you think you're st you've met Jesus and you're still hungry, I I'm just telling you, you've seen a glimpse. Thank God for glimpses. You've got something. Thank God for that. But it's not tapped. God never, never looks at us. He never sends people away and saying, I'm so hungry, I'm so hungry, and then turns them away and just says, sorry, I can't satisfy that need. When he shows up, he doesn't do things my way. He does things a better way. He, he is, we'll be praising him for all eternity. We'll be grateful for all eternity with all the fruit that's come from our lives that he did it his way. He didn't do it my way. In my heart, in, in uh, reference to what Abby shared, I had no idea that that's what I was doing, even as a minister, as a pastor, how much I was holding back my heart because I was afraid. I didn't understand how to open it. I didn't understand how to, like, like if it, if it would have been like a box I could have, you know, or something I could handle, manage in my hands, but my inner person, your inner person is different. And so, and so this God that says, bring it to me, bring that to me. And um, when you've been hurt in your life, uh, I definitely did not exactly expect to go here like this. All good. When you've been hurt and broken in your life, you can be terrified, absolutely terrified. It's the worst experience you've ever been through. You can be terrified to ever have somebody touch that spot in your life again. So that's what I mean, whatever it is, we call them walls, refer to them as walls, and we put them up. But one of those, one of those secrets is, is that behind that wall is you, and there's Jesus waiting, just waiting. It's like, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Loving you, though, loving me. So not, not like, you know, calling up the gifts in my life and working with me where I'm, I'll work with him. But always willing for me to unzip it completely, open the doors fully, every false wall come down, every seed of his word come in, grow the living water, waters the seeds, right? Holy Spirit waters the seeds so that God's stuff can grow in your life. Living water. We know in the natural we need water for life. We're significantly made out of water. Our brains are three-quarters water. Water's powerful substance in so many ways and a unique substance and a substance that doesn't doesn't conform to understanding, per se. Like, people have watched and watched and watched water, right? So they, stu scientists study things, right? They study water. 
But water does some things that people don't understand, like as it gets colder, it's shrinking, it's shrinking, it's shrinking, and then all of a sudden, it stops shrinking, and then it starts expanding just before it freezes, and then it expands bigger than it was before, like almost 10%, 9%. Why does it do that? Well, there's benefits to it, but we don't know why it does it. So I don't expect to say things about your heart or my heart like, God, show me things, but that doesn't mean I understand all about it. I'm more like the, like, look at that. All of a sudden, the water started expanding, and it's powerful. That expansion is so powerful. It defies understanding, but it's so powerful that it can, it, it can just, water, when it's, when it's in that state, can just take iron, like iron, thick iron, and just, if it's closed in, and just pop it, just break it. Can't keep it. I'm just telling you. I'm just making a parallel, and the parallel is that there's things you won't ever understand, but if your heart's open to God, God can do it. Amen. Yes, amen. Thank you, God. Today's the day. Let it be, God. In Jesus' name, we welcome that. We welcome that, but, uh, and again, with, with great respect and great understanding, I'm just telling you that I think half my Christian life, and, and a lot of that half of that Christian life, uh, half of that half was as a minister, but I'm just telling you, there was all kinds of things not open yet. God had to open. It's a feast day in uh, this gospel, and it's the Feast of Tabernacles, and that's a uh, harvest feast. It's the last of three feasts in, in the, what, what our, our uh, even their year would be. It's the last great feast. Anyway, it's not the last feast, last great feast. And Jesus is there, and he's gone there sort of secretly. In other words, he wasn't making a fuss, and he wasn't trying to have meetings, but he went because they're having a great feast. So Jerusalem is packed with people. When there's a feast day, it's packed. It's like 10 to 1, the population growth for a feast day. So it's just huge. It's overrun. I can't imagine what Jefferson County would be if it was a 10 to 1 increase in population for a special thing. Right, I, I, I can't imagine any way that we could manage that, contain that. And so it's just, it's just loaded with people, and the temple area is loaded with people, like, like wall to wall, shoulder to shoulder, everything. And so in the middle of that's the situation, a bunch of people are getting more and more agitated with Jesus, and a bunch of other people are getting more and more help from Jesus. And he cries out in the middle of that, speaks out in a loud, loud voice, and he says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart, out of his innermost being, will flow rivers of living water. Woo! <laughs> so this is pretty great in everything. So this is such a... Such a big deal. He's surrounded. He's, and he says, if you're thirsty. And sometimes we learn to live with almost no water. So we've, we've learned to adapt. So are you thirsty? And, and we're all dried out, but we're like, we've learned to adjust to it. And I believe God wants to give you a drink. God wants to give you water. God wants to bless and God wants to increase what's in you. Every feast they were reminded they were reminded on the last day of the feast by the priest 
apparently going to the pool of Siloam and getting in a gold pitcher, getting uh, filling it with water and bringing it back to the temple and praying some prayers. And those prayers were that, God, you have given us the water and you will give us the water again. We thank you for the water to make all things grow because it's a harvest feast. You have made all things grow and we are reaping the benefit of all that you've allowed to grow through, the, through this water that you've given us and by your blessing and favor and so forth. And so they, would, they, were, they were celebrating that. Well, the first two feasts, just to mention them, but not to go there, the first two feasts, Passover is number one. Passover, the Jews related to it. They were brought out of the, the land of bondage, out of Egypt. We relate to it. Jesus was raised from the dead on Passover. The second one is Pentecost, or the Feast of First Fruits, and then the harvest began to come in. It was First Fruits for the Jews. For us, we call it Pentecost, because it was the, the gathering of the New Testament church began there. And then in the third one, the harvest, the harvest has come in and it's full. And I believe a season, hallelujah. Wow, thank you, Father. Sorry, thank you, God, not sorry. He reminds, I'm reminded of the scripture and he says, so, so the ga in gathering came. But he, remind, he prophesied in the Old Testament, there was a prophecy, it says there's coming a day when the sower will be overtaken by the reaper. There's going to be such an increase in the process of gathering and harvesting that it's going to be, they're kind of going to be working together. They're going to be sowing and reaping because the something spiritual and supernatural happens to the harvest and it just explodes and it increases. Whoa! It's a great day for the things of God, but it is a bad day for the devil. I mean, it's going to be a bad, a really bad day for the devil. Now, they didn't, many, many people that have studied this, and I don't know why this is, but many people that, that looked at this text said they didn't understand what scripture he would be referring to. What scripture was Jesus referring to? I want to give you a thought about that. In Jesus' name. Isaiah 58, 11. Isaiah 58 is the fasting text. Fasting is not religious works. Fasting is seeking. Fasting is not earning. Fasting is seeking. Fasting is farming. Fasting is putting seed in the ground. And fasting is working the ground so that that seed, that amazing seed, can do amazing things and many people can eat. Not works, not, not works, not works for works sake, not, not earning by works, but laboring to partake of what he's given. Not the same thing. I, so the fasting chapter, he says, the Lord will guide you continually, verse 11, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden and like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the des deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes, which is very much like Isaiah 61, where he says, the Spirit of God is upon me, and he, we, we know, I hope we know, that he is saying that me is him, Jesus, and that me is also the bride of Christ, Christ in you, Christ in me, the body of Christ now that you and I are, Spirit of God on us, and giving us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, comforting us, breaking our bondages, breaking our chains. In Jesus' name, breaking our bondages and breaking our chains, they do not have a right to stay. 
Do not receive them. You're not a partner with them. You don't have to be a partner with those things. We are not. In 2, P in 2 Peter 2, he referred to, he referred to religious people when, he, when they were trying to corrupt the people of God and turn them back, bring them back to works, bring them back to bondage, bring them back to religious form and not substance. He called them wells without water. Wells without water. That is not who you're supposed to be. That's not your destiny or my destiny. We are springing up fountains. We are artesian wells. The water doesn't stop in us. That's his will for you. That's his will for me. The living water goes on and on, and people are refreshed to the point that we're the repairer of the breach and the restorer of streets to dwell in, in Jesus' name. In Acts 2, he prophesied this from Joel. Where did, where did Jesus get this idea from? He prophesied in Joel. He said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I'll give them visions, dreams, to young, to old, to men, to women, daughters and sons, my spirit, and they shall prophesy. There will be wonders, there will be miracles, there will be signs, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a summary of it. That's a pretty powerful summary. I mean, that's pretty, pretty amazing. So this, this is a picture of, of Fleming Falls. Fleming Falls is in Mansfield, Ohio. Mansfield, Ohio. Now, I'm just telling you, what I know about seeds, which is I've never been a farmer, but I, I've grown in my appreciation for them over the years. You need some water to unleash the power that's in a seed. Okay? There's just moisture is required. So I went to this retreat, and I was on the backside and coming out of a, of a terrible depression in my life. It had been, it had been um, I think it had been, just to, just to, I, I feel like I, I should say it because I feel like somebody might need to hear it. Um, I had been at least two and a half years every day, every day saying, I want to die. God, why can't I just die? It's, it was a tough time. I was grateful for things. I had a long list of things I was grateful for. But I couldn't explain it. I couldn't explain why do I feel this way. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes it's tough to be in the church when you can't explain. Explain something like that, and people are trying to help you. <laughs> They're, they're like telling you, you need more joy and stuff like that. And it's, ooh, it, it, like, I don't know how to do this. Do you understand? I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm, I'm doing every godly thing I can think to do. I'm, I'm, and I think it was referred to earlier. I think Abby actually referred to it earlier in that prayer, prophetic word, what she was doing. And trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. So, but God, that in this season, several of those pictures that I mentioned about the heart, they had opened up. And so I was seeing it. My heart was broken. He kept the pieces. There was a zipper. I needed to unzip it. I, I have to choose. Let him in. Let him in. Let him work. Open. There's seeds. Let the seed get in. Let the seeds, let him plant what he wants to plant in your life. And so at that time, we were at a, 
an un, it was an unusually long retreat thing, and it was eight days. And so in that eight days, I went to that falls a bunch of times because it was a place I could go that, that had, it, it was the closest thing I had in nature to a soundproof room. I was right next to a falls. It was loud. You can scream and nobody can hear you. And, and I needed, I wanted a place to scream. I, I knew I needed a place to scream. Some people think they don't need that. Well, I did. So, <clears throat> but in the course of being there, and as I screamed and talked to God and shared and talked to God and cried and talked to God, this scripture came back to me many times. Psalm 139, verse 13. For you form my inward parts. And he kept reminding me, I made you. I made you. I'm just telling you, I made you. He says that to you. I made you. I made you. And it made you for a purpose, made you for a reason, made you to work a certain way. However, he wants you to work. He gave you gifts. He gave you things. Verse 14, I will praise you. You covered me in my mother's womb. Verse 13, verse 14, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't know if that's what you tell yourself with your self-talk, but I'm just telling you, if you, could, if you could turn up the volume a little bit on your self-talk, you might find there's some bad things going on in there. And if there are, they're wrong. They're killing you. They're, they're choking the life of God. They're choking the seed. They're, sh they're taking the living water and they're shedding it instead of letting it go in. They're resisting the thing that God would love to do for you, the help that God would love to send you, the way that he would love to commune with you. They're lying to you and they're telling you who you are and they're wrong. I had an identity that was wrong. There were significant things in my identity that were wrong. But this verse, along with the presence of God and the Spirit of God and just talking things out with God and keep opening, you know, it's just, just kind of sometimes it's, it's kind of like you have to claw away at it a little bit. You've got to kind of work and like, it's like a clam. You know, it's like, come on, open up. In Jesus' name, I've had clam heart. <laughs> so... My frame was not hidden from you and I was made in secret and skillfully wrought. He says you're good. It doesn't mean you do everything good. It doesn't mean your behavior is perfect. But what he made when he made you is good. Don't stop cursing it. Sin is bad. But you don't have to be bad. You're his. Be his. Be all his. And that's really what we're talking about here. And it can happen so fast. You saw the substance. You saw what you were making. You saw what you made. You saw before I was formed. You knew me and you wanted me. He, before you were born, he knew you. He wanted you. Prepared days for you. And has precious thoughts towards you. Of huge, more than the number of sand. He has thoughts towards you. God wants to speak to you, make himself known to you a lot. Not a little. A lot. God has things to share with you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. So you remember her. If you were here last week, you, you got Josh, Pastor Josh showed us a video clip of her from The Chosen, the, the woman at the well. And um, what, I, what I just want to comment about this is that Psalm 139 applies to her. Okay? So he saw it that way. He saw her as fearfully and wonderfully made. Nobody else did. She gave up. She didn't see herself that way anymore. She had all her fears. I'm just telling you, facade's a bad thing. You can, you can try to hide a lot, and you can think you're doing really good, but, but inside you, this is what I found to be true, was inside of me, the facade that I built that I thought was pretty good, 
there was a part of me that wasn't buying it. And so was, <laughs> and so was in a sense, saying, let me out. <laughs> I, I want to live. The real me wants to live. The real you wants to live. And the facade isn't good enough. The acceptance and the praise of people isn't good enough. The real you is craving to be you and not be somebody else, to grow as you and to grow into this, this fullness of what God has for you, to grow into this image of Christ because he, he made you to be one with God. He's making sons and daughters. Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren, the first one. That image is for you, that, that growing a, a Paul version of Jesus in here, a you version of Jesus inside of you. Thank God that he sees you. And he's not upset about that. He is, he loves, he loves what he sees in you. He does not love the sin that holds us. He doesn't love the brokenness. He's not trying to leave you that way at all. So she, um, she can't, I won't, I won't do that. I'm just going to move. There is, you know, it's there. He gets there, she gets there, and he needed to be there because love drove him there. And I, I just... Holy Spirit, make us sensitive to how you're moving us around. Christians, I'm just telling you, there's so much life in moving with God. Not just listening like, thank you for being patient and all this other stuff and thank you for being polite, but there's life for all of us by listening and obeying. That's how Jesus did it. He's like, I, I'm going to, on my way to Galilee for whatever reason, but when he's, he says, but I'm going through Samaria, why are you going there? Because Father sees somebody and he's sending me to somebody. I, I hope this, I, I don't know how this will come across, but I'll say it. Beg him. Plead with him to move you into that. Yes. That you could hear that. And so you could, you could, instead of just going from point A to point B and accomplishing a task, you could actually be hearing him and your task could take a turn because God turned it and it bring you to a person because God wanted you to talk to him who's God sees and, and is under some awful thing and then God pulls them out and uses you to do it. It'll be life to you. This is God's will for us. We don't have to be smarter. We don't have to be Bible school educated. We just have to be Christians with the Holy Spirit inside of us that are willing to listen and just do it his way. We don't have to be called and anointed into, like, I, I can prove it, I'm an ordained minister. It doesn't have to be any of those things. It's the body of Christ. It wasn't one of the ministers that came to Paul. It was a guy that God just spoke to and said, and he said, I want you to go. He's a man of God, obviously, but he, he, we didn't know him at, in any office. But go to Saul of Tarsus. He's there. I know about Saul of Tarsus. He's a bad man. A bunch of bad men are begging to get free. A bunch of bad women are begging to get free. Their hearts are hungry for freedom, and they don't even know it sometimes. But they're desperate, and when they meet that freedom, they will love it. Jesus, give us courage. Give us faith. He starts a conversation with her that says, give me a drink. And she's got all kinds of presuppositions about what that would mean. And he's a Jew and, and all this other stuff, so she's not seeing it. But Jesus saying, he started the conversation. What I'm saying to you today is I'm saying to you is wherever he starts a conversation, 
authentically press in because you'll come out with him. He, he saw her, she saw herself like unusable, a bruised, bruised reed, no longer damaged beyond usefulness, smoking flax. Sometimes that's people, they, they think they're burnt out. But that verse, I want to bless you with that verse. And, um, and then I'm going to go somewhere else. <laughs> a bruised reed he will not break. I just, I, I'm hoping you can, that I believe I'm speaking to somebody, some buddies. A bruised reed he will not break. Lord, I'm not, I'm broken, I'm not usable. A bruised reed he will not break. Who's been lying to you? Who's been lying to you and saying something different? A bruised reed, he will not break. Smoking flax, Lord, I'm burned out. I tried so hard, I ran so hard, I did so much, and now I got nothing left. I've got nothing left. I've got nothing left. Just leave me alone. A smoking flax, he will not quench. No, God says, I see your heart. I see your heart, and I see that's not what you really want. You just don't believe it. You're just struggling to believe it. Till he sends forth justice, justice to victory. God's justice. Our world talks justice. God's justice. I read this definition of justice, biblical justice, by a man named Tim Keller. And he said, requires that every person be treated according to the same standards and with the same respect, regardless of class, race, ethnicity, nationality, gender, or any other social category. And I think that's actually a pretty good definition. I th in my words, I say it this way. God's redeeming love revealed in an empowering way, putting my life, putting your life, right where God wants it, which is near his heart. So I feel like we should step into communion there, okay? In Jesus' name. Does your heart... My heart still needs him. Jesus said he who drink, told the Samaritan woman, he who drinks of this water will never thirst again. But it will become in him a fountain of water springing up. If you need communion elements, the, the ushers are there to, are coming around to pass around. Put your hand up so they can find you if you need communion elements or want them. We say communions, communion is for Christians that are oriented towards God. If you're oriented to him, if, in other words, your orientation is I'm turning toward him and walking toward him, communion is for you. If you need, to, if there's something Holy Spirit quickens to you that you need to repent of, please, please do. Repentance is a gift. It's, it's you acknowledging there's something here, there's something I've done, and it's you with Holy Spirit's help saying, get out, I'm breaking agreement with you, go on, get out. And it's saying, Holy Spirit, come live here. Jesus, come live here. I don't want that thing living here. I want you living here. And it's inviting him to live in that, in you.
in a, in a more full way. It's, it's, a, it's a more full-throated invitation. Have my life. Have my heart. Jesus paid a dear price. Brothers and sisters, Jesus paid a dear price for your heart to be full. We've heard it said in the last few months fairly regularly or it's been said different ways by many different people that fear has got to go. One anachronism or one way of saying fear is false evidence appearing real. It's a lie. God with you is truth. God able to handle what's going on in your life is truth. God able to handle your heart is truth. God able to handle who you are. When I, um, we announced our engagement, a person that's been a, a friend for a long time, the friendship was just starting then, but he said to me, he said, you've got a tiger by the tail, right? <laughs> Referencing her, my wife. And mostly true, you know. <laughs> but God, God, like, sees this, sees Psalm 139. And God has taught me to see Psalm 139. God's taught me to see beyond our frustrations, our differences, to see a gift, a beautiful gift. In Jesus' name. But I'm telling you, you are a beautiful gift. He took the, he took the bread and he broke it, Jesus, and he said, he said, the bread that, by the way, Isaiah 53 says, he was bruised for my transgressions. Let's do our best version of giving it all to God. He was wounded, wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace is upon him. Your peace, our peace. Let's put it on him. You paid for it, Jesus. By your stripes we're healed. Jesus' name, let's partake together and Holy Spirit release the healing process in a greater way. Jesus said this cup is the new, is the new testament or new covenant in my blood. Blood that was poured out for many. Blood that was poured out to pay for your right to sit on God's lap, so to speak. For your right to have God in your heart. <clears throat> for to answer everything. To make you a covenant partner. So you don't have to make your heart clean enough for God to live there. He makes it clean enough to live there because of the blood. We're in covenant with a God who makes me, makes me clean enough because it's his work. And I'm trusting his work. And I'm standing in his presence by his authority. And I'm so we bless that in Jesus' name. We receive that. Let's partake of that, the cup.
And let's stand together. You are welcome to come for prayer. As, as we've said, we're having a meeting afterwards. But you are, for those that are consider their, themselves as new to us and would like to hear a little bit about us and let us talk to you a little bit about the church and uh, where we're going, who we are and where we're going and where we've been. And but right now, um, you do as you feel you should. I'm just telling you, the promise that God changes hearts is alive and well today. Okay? And that's for you. He will help you. He will help you, and we will pray with you. So if you want prayer, I'm sure you can go home and pray with your family. You can go pray with a friend. That's okay. But if Holy Spirit is nudging you, saying, you've got to get prayed for. He nudges me. He doesn't make me, but he nudges me. Then you come and let us pray for you. So, Father, I bless my brothers and sisters, and uh, again, God, our heart, God, you've, that last one, that most recent one, when you showed me, me giving you my heart, and you were giving me your heart, and you were telling me that this ensures that we will communicate well, we'll communicate better. We're connected. And I bless that connection right here in my life, but I bless that connection to come into increasing life, increasing function and truthfulness, increasing joy. With, your word says, with joy we draw water from the wells of salvation. I'm loved. We're loved, we're known, we're wanted by God. And I bless that to allow you to increase your capacity with joy, draw water from the wells of salvation, draw into that living water, and then share it with others. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I bless my brothers and sisters, and I do pray for miracles of the heart, testimonies just today by what you did by the Spirit in the heart of a person. I thank you for the testimony of Jesus. You've done it in me. I believe you're doing it in people. And again, if you need prayer, you come and we'll pray for you. God bless you. Amen.